Every single player who's come to Michigan State since 2007 has a ring on their finger. I'm going to be a coach here for a long time. It's not over. It's just starting. But just remember, pride comes before the fall. So you might as well just come out and say what you're, what's your feeling at some point in time, because you know I can only be diplomatic for so long. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Friday, August 30th, 2019. You know what that means. It is officially game day. Yes, Michigan State football back after, I don't know, was it January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, eight months. Holy, I almost cursed. I don't think I'm allowed to curse. Eight months Without Michigan State football in our lives, no more. We are back. Michigan State is back, taking the field. Spartan Stadium tonight against Tulsa, the Golden Hurricanes. Uh, If you're going to the game, great. If not, you can watch it on FS1. I believe coverage starts at 7 o'clock there. So going to be a good night, hopefully, in East Lansing. A fun time. Always enjoy the the Friday openers. you know, Mark D'Antonio said it has a little bit of a high school feel to it. Friday night, Friday night lights type stuff. Uh, and it's like this fun little tradition. I think it's been going on, is it the eighth year, maybe? Seventh or eighth year they've been doing it. And I always enjoyed it. When I was in school, uh, they started it. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. Like you get done with your Friday seminar, uh, you're out at noon, and then it's just go time. And you're you're getting prepared for the, the night game. It was always a fun night kickoff. Sort of that vibe on campus is really cool because classes have been going on. You're doing syllabus days for a couple days. Uh, You're not doing much. You don't really have homework. If you had homework, you're not doing it anyway, Uh, especially not on that Friday. You get out of class early and then you got the entire day. It's beautiful out. It's always a a wonderful Friday. It feels like the weather's always perfect that day and it's going to be nice again tomorrow. Uh, mid-70s and sunny all day. We'll cool off at kickoff. So there's your weather report. But always loved the, uh, the Friday football uh, season kickoff. So another one here with Tulsa coming into town. We are going to break this game down from a bunch of different angles today. That's what the show is going to be dedicated to. Segments one, two, and three. We'll talk about, you know, Tulsa on offense, Michigan State on offense. We'll talk about some special team things, storylines to watch, uh, and we'll kind of dive into some key matchups, uh, things that should decide this game. Although, you know, it's not a game that The decision should be too up for grabs, you would hope, but there are important factors to watch for. And then some things that uh, you want to see out of this performance. You know, what do we want to see? What uh, should Michigan State show that uh, will provide some optimism for this season moving forward? So that's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes on your phone every single day. And if you wouldn't mind, head on over to iTunes. Find the podcast, Locked on Spartans, and leave a five-star review. Uh, if you want, you can leave a, a, a review, leave a rating, five-star rating. I always get that mixed up. Leave a five-star rating uh, and a review if you so choose. I would greatly uh, appreciate that. 
All right, let's not waste any more time. Let's uh, get down to the nitty-gritty and talk about this game. Okay, so Tulsa, the Golden Hurricanes coming in from the American Athletic Conference, 3-9 and nine last season, 2-10 and 10 the year before that, 5 and was that 29 5-19 not a math major wasn't a math major 5-19 and 19, their last two seasons a lot of uh, really tough moments for Tulsa head coach Philip Montgomery on the hot seat for sure after a couple nice seasons came over from Baylor uh, and we are familiar with that Baylor attack having played them in the Cotton Bowl when Montgomery was the coordinator and I want to start right there because that is sort of weapon number one for Tulsa I know they've got Two good running backs, uh, and we will talk about them in a little bit. Uh, But Tulsa is going to try to use tempo as a great equalizer, use conditioning, use that to their advantage, try to keep Michigan State off balance when Tulsa has the football. And we've seen it a hundred times, whether, you know, not even just with Michigan State games, just college football in general, how tempo is used as a weapon. Once you can get things going, you can move the ball quick. You're you're on your own 20. You stack together a few first downs, and all of a sudden you're in the red zone a minute and five seconds later, and it's like a freaking wave. Not to get you know too punny here with the Golden Hurricanes, but it is just a wave, and it's a rush. And you're like, wait a second. They just started their drive. How are they already in the red zone? And that can happen when a team is effectively using tempo. And that's sort of weapon number one. Thing number one to watch here is uh, Tulsa's tempo. Is it something that ends up being an advantage for them? Or is it something that backfires? Because I've mentioned this, Mark D'Antonio talked about it uh, to the media this week. You know, tempo's great until you're not picking up first downs. Tempo is awesome until you're going three and out in 47 seconds and your defense is like, what the hell? We just got off the field. And with, you know, the matchup uh, juxtaposition, whatever you want to call it, of styles, the different styles in this game, if Michigan State is able to kind of grind some drives out early, even if they don't score, and Tulsa isn't able to get anything going, and the time of possession, you know, which can be a unicorn stat at times, uh, but the time of possession is like two minutes and 30 seconds to eight minutes, nine minutes, 10 minutes, and we're getting to the end of the first quarter and it's 0-0, Tulsa's defense is going to get tired very quickly. That is not a recipe for success for them. They have to string together scoring drives, longer drives. Um, Part of me wonders, might they go away a little bit from their tempo because there is a, a real talent discrepancy between these two teams, you know, a middling lower lower middle pack AAC team and an upper middle pack Big Ten team. That's a big talent discrepancy. And if Tulsa, you know, wants to stay in this game, is it smarter for them to try to slow things down, especially if it gets off to a start where they're three and out quick twice and Michigan State is sustaining some long drives? You know, Tulsa's going to have to make a, a tough decision. Philip Montgomery is going to have to go, you know, do we keep trying this, bashing our head against the wall, putting our defense in a spot where it's really hard for them to succeed uh, because they're just exhausted. They're they're doing eight play drives that take four and a half minutes and Michigan State's running the ball, you know, somewhat effectively, but still like guys are having to make tackles, stay out on the field longer, longer sustained drives. That's hard for a defense to keep doing that over and over and over again. And we saw that with Michigan State last year when the offense couldn't sustain drives and the defense um, was on the field for longer, had shorter rest, and the fourth quarter would come around 
and Michigan State's defense would start to tire a little bit. And that could happen in this game for Tulsa, against Tulsa, I guess, uh, quicker. It could happen in the second quarter if they're not careful. So that's something huge to watch is what is Tulsa's tempo? How much do they stick with it if it's not working? Uh, and if it does work, how is Michigan State counteracting it? Uh, are they subbing? Are they able to sub in players, uh, especially on the defensive front? Are they cycling guys in and out at linebacker to try to keep people fresh? Are they having to be more basic, you know, be a vanilla defense, not be able to run some different things because they're just, you know, trying to get set up and play defense. They don't have time to run checks. They don't have time to run different stunts with the front. They just need to line up and play defense because Tulsa's coming at them so fast. And if they're having some success with their running backs who, you know, are both good players, they've got two Doak Walker Award watch list guys, Corey Taylor, Shamari Brooks, who we talked about uh, yesterday with Dakota Gregory, a little bit of thunder and lightning, speed and power combined for more than 1,800 yards last season. You know, if they're able to get going and Michigan State is, you know, getting a little tired and Tulsa's running at him quick and picking up first downs, that's certainly going to add some intrigue to this matchup. And it's one way that Tulsa can sort of get an upper hand despite the talent disadvantages that they have. All right, let's take a quick, quick break here. Uh, And when we get back, we'll just continue plugging through this little preview. Guys, football's back. It's game day. And if you still need tickets to Spartan Stadium for this game, you need to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And you can sort by price or look for seats in the specific section or row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows you, the fan, to earn credit back. It's a great idea. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards. And for the month of August, so you got a couple more days here, you can earn double credit back from 10 to 60% on all your purchases through the Vivid Seats app. So you buy a ticket and part of that cost you pay for the ticket goes back to you in the form of credit that you can use for future tickets, future games, a concert that you want to go to, a comedy show, whatever you need tickets for Vivid Seats. You can just keep stacking up credit and eventually help, you know, just keep help buying the next set of tickets. It's a really great idea. So go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app. Fans will automatically be enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. So that's cool. You don't have to do anything extra. You're automatically enrolled. And every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater tickets and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. Enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That is promo code KICKOFF100 for a discount of up to $100. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime. And let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. And guys, the NFL season begins next week. Next Thursday is kicking off. It's here. Hope your fantasy team's ready. Um, But with Locked On NFL teams, uh, Locked On Lions, Locked On Bears, Locked On Packers, we cover the entire NFL. They have crossover crossover Wednesday. And those shows will be back starting next week. For the entire regular NFL season, you get a special episode every Wednesday as the two hosts crossover. It's called Crossover Wednesday. It makes sense. Uh, They do a show with each other. They talk about why their team's good. You can learn about your opponent, get the storylines from the local experts, the the guys and girls who really know the teams. uh, And just, it's a great preview. It's entertaining. Uh, and it's always fun to sort of get a different perspective, know what your team's going up against, and you hear it from the horse's mouth, someone who covers that team, covers your opponent's team every single day. So find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and don't miss everyone's favorite segment.
All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about Tulsa on offense. So I'm really intrigued by what Zach Smith looks like. Baylor transfer, pretty uh, highly regarded recruit. You know, Baylor was rolling at this time when he when he uh, committed to go there. Ends up transferring after playing some games uh, there early in his career. Had some nice performances. Had a really great game against Oklahoma when Oklahoma was ranked uh, in the top three in the country. Threw for four, uh, threw for over four hundred yards. And uh, seems like you know what we're reading, what we're hearing about is going to be the guy has a big arm. Uh, maybe not the most accurate player, but certainly has big play potential. And I'm just intrigued to see what he looks like, how good he is, if he can be someone that makes a difference for them. Because Tulsa was bad at quarterback. We talked about this yesterday. They were bad, bad, bad at quarterback. And so if he can bring some competent play and Michigan State's really focused on stopping that quick run game, you know, Bay, or Tulsa can maybe hit a deep shot and try to loosen up the Michigan State defense. Because if they can't, if they can't get the safeties, uh, you know, thinking, looking over their shoulder, so to speak, and instead of, you know, just being ears pinned back, playing in the box, run support like Michigan State safeties like to do, you know, that is something that can, uh, you know, make or break the game for Tulsa, and it could really determine if this thing's going to be close or if it's going to be a wash. Because Tulsa, I think. You probably put their ceiling at like 24 points in this game. You know, they hit a big player to get some sustained drives, get some good field position, cash in on it. Uh, and you could see them scoring a few times, even against this Michigan State defense. And they have to get to that kind of number and hope Michigan State really stumbles along if they're going to stay in this. If, if they can't hit big plays, Michigan State's able to just stuff that run game and not have to worry about uh, someone taking the top off the defense. This thing could get to... Uh, you know, 28 to three uh, in the third quarter, and then it's over. You know, we're not expecting a huge offensive output for Michigan State, but they have better players all over the field than Tulsa's going to on the defensive side of the ball. And so Michigan State should be able to score on a team like Tulsa, given the talent discrepancy. You know, it's an, a middling AAC team. Michigan State, for all their faults, even last season, was able to score some points on some bad defenses. They put 31 on Central uh, through three quarters, 35 on Indiana, 38 on Utah State. So I think Michigan State scoring into the 30s in this game should be expected. And if Tulsa can't you know, hit a big play in the pass game, it's going to be really tough for them to sustain offense. And you know they've got the good running backs, but they also are returning only two offensive linemen. Uh, so breaking in three offensive linemen, three new offensive linemen in an environment like Spartan Stadium, night game, long travel against the best front seven in the country, the second best front seven in the country, maybe the third best front seven in the country. That is not a recipe for success for Tulsa. I think that is the absolute biggest key in this game is that Tulsa's offensive line is shaky at best right now, and they're taking on the nastiest front seven, the best run-stopping front seven in the entire country. It is going to be really hard for Tulsa to get that run game going. So hitting some big pass plays is going to be an absolute necessity, and Michigan State's really good in the secondary too. It's a tough ask for them. And so that's kind of you know why I'm not fretting this. I think... Um, if Tulsa did things differently, if it was reversed, they couldn't really run the ball, but they had this nice passing attack, kind of like Utah State. I think they could give Michigan State a little bit more trouble. You're breaking in two new starters in the back end, and you're playing against Michigan State's strengths. You're playing away from Michigan State's strengths, uh, as opposed to 
them trying to line up and run the ball in Michigan State, it's just going to be really tough for them. And so I don't foresee Tulsa having great success in the offensive side of the ball unless Zach Smith can really bring something uh, special, something you know above average quarterback play and hit some big plays and make Michigan State respect their ability to pass. Because if they can't, you know, it's night, lights out, nights over, whatever you want to call it uh, for Tulsa on that side of the ball. In terms of the other side of the ball, which is the most interesting side of the ball, when Michigan State has it, uh, the first thing I'm watching, and I've said this all week, everyone who's been on has pretty much said something similar, watching the offensive line. It's the very first place I'm looking, and I'm watching them for the first couple of drives to see, A, who's on there, right? We'll see who the starting lineup is. It looks like um, it'll be the group that played in the Red Box Bowl. Uh, but we'll see second drive, third drive. Are they rotating guys? Is this a platoon situation or are they going with a line? Jim Bowman talked about, he's going to play the five best guys. He's going to only play, he's going to play the five guys that are, are going to get the job done. And so I don't know if the platooning from the past will still be there. I imagine it will because they want to get looks at different guys. Uh, so I'm watching, of course, to see who's in and out of that. Uh, is someone a constant? You know, is Jordan Reed the only right tackle? Is Matt Allen r- rotating series with Blake Buter? Is Tyler Higby the only guy playing left guard? Stuff like that. Going to watch who's on it, and then we're watching the push. We're watching the push. We're seeing how Michigan State tries to run the ball. Is it still power? Are they still going man-to-man? Are they still trying to run into, um, you know, their uh, traps, their whams? their inside stuff that they like to run power lead. Are they still doing that? Uh, is there a little bit more zone blocking? We saw some in the red box bowl. We saw some in the spring game. Is that something that they're going to be doing inside outside zone zone reads, uh, which everyone is clamoring for with Brian Lewerke. What type of uh, runs are they going for schematically and how effective are they? Because if they cannot execute and they cannot sustain some sort of push and open up, uh, Tulsa's defensive front, that is not a great sign. This is a team that Michigan State should be able to bully a little bit on the ground. And there's been times in, in previous seasons where they've been able to do that against lower uh, opponents. There's been times where they've struggled to do that, even when the line has ended up uh, as an you know, average, above average line. Like, you know, they were competent, they did a good job. Um, but, you know, I think with this group, coming off the season they came off of last year, what they need to prove uh, this first game is going to be big for them. And I think they need to make a statement uh, with their offensive line this game. And it won't be, you know, if they rush for 200-something yards on five yards of carry and it's just efficient running all night and Tulsa can't stop it and it's just pound, green, pound, that's a nice first step, but that does not mean we're in the clear. It's it's the opposite. If the opposite happens, then we're starting to hit the panic button a little bit, even though it's week one. We're not hitting the panic button, I should say. We're inching closer towards it. Uh, we got to give them time to gel, time to come together. Um, but if they can't really just be bigger, stronger, and better than Tulsa on the front, that is going to be something that is concerning to me. So I'm definitely looking for that. I'm looking for, again, the rotations, who's playing, how many snaps, how many uh, drives, are they alternating, what spots are they alternating at, what type of scheme are they running, are they running power, are they running zone stuff, and how effective are they? That is where our eyes should be trained to, especially in this first game 
uh, because I think the line is just going to play such a huge role in what happens with Michigan State on offense this season. All right, let's take a break right there. When we get back, we'll continue with this, and I'll sort of lay out how I see it playing out and maybe some keys to some more keys. Like I've been doing keys, but sort of how I see this playing out and talk a little bit more about Michigan state on the offensive side of the ball. Guys, it is a new football season. A million things have changed, but the one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money down on all the big games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. Each game, you get up to $1,000 and a first deposit bonus, and you double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid, MyBookie. Guys, long day at work, still stuck at the office trying to get out so you can get ready to watch Michigan State play well. If you're hungry, you can open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. All right, welcome back to segment three of today's LOCKEDON. Spartans, let's close out the week strong. So, Uh, While Michigan State has the ball on offense, of course, we're going to be watching the line, but I'm also going to be paying some attention to Brian Lewerke and the passing game. Going to try to look at the route combinations they're using, seeing if if anything kind of stands out as well. That's noticeably different or the way they're deploying guys. Are they in uh, 11 personnel more, right? Three wide receiver sets. Is Speedy Naylor on the field for 65 to 70% of the snaps as opposed to 30% 30% of the snap. So that's something to pay attention to. And that's something that could actually be a little bit of a departure from years past. You know, we've been talking a lot about the scheme changes and we're going to see what Michigan State decides to do. But something I've talked about is more 11 personnel as opposed to 21, 12, or 22, which are heavier uh, sets that Michigan State has used in the past. I still think they're going to have heavy sets. But there could be a little bit more 11 personnel this season. They've got a lot of talent at receiver. It makes sense to use your most talented players more often. Uh, so we're going to be watching that. Uh, formations, types of plays they're running, types of route combinations they're running to see if there's any noticeable difference. And then, you know, Of course, we're going to watch the worky. Uh, you would hope against a team like Tulsa, as long as he's got time, uh, he'll be able to make good reads, make good decisions, uh, make good throws, be an athletic playmaker when the, the opportunity arises for him to tuck it and run it. And, you know, it's a decent test, right? Uh, Tulsa's front isn't very good, but they've got some experience in the back end and a couple good players in the secondary. I think they're returning three or four starters last season, and their pass defense might have been the best part of their entire team. Uh, Their rush offense was productive, but a little bit inefficient, and their pass defense was pretty solid, and they return a lot of guys. So it's not the biggest test, but it's a, a decent test from a team like Tulsa. So something worth watching. 
you know, are the receivers getting open? Are they getting open because they're beating guys one-on-one? Or are they getting open because the route designs are getting them open? Something you see a lot with teams like Baylor, and that's, uh, you know, what Tulsa's going to try to do is scheme guys open as opposed to having them beat people one-on-one. And so we'll see if, you know, the three-three-five. you got five defensive backs. Uh, they're going to be smaller, quicker guys out there. As someone like Cody White, going to be able to make plays on 50-50 balls? Is Jalen Naylor going to be able to find space? Is uh, someone like Matt Dotson going to be able to work the seam and and get involved in the pass game? The tight end needs to return to Michigan State's pass game, I think, for the offense to really uh, hit the potential that they could. And so that'll be uh, fun to watch. It'll be fun to see, you know, how Michigan State is using the pass game, what sort of route combinations they're using, and how efficient they can be. Uh, and that's something where we could see a little bit of a departure from seasons past. Other places we could see changes, I, I'm pretty confident. And again, it's mostly guessing. Anyone who is around the program, around the team, familiar with the program, uh, unless they're inside those walls, uh, we're pretty much guessing at this point. Educated guesses, certainly, based on the Red Box Bowl, spring game, different little pieces of information we can glean uh, from interviews, which is not a ton, but you're able to kind of put together enough information to get an educated guess. And I think um, we'll see Michigan State use some tempo, go a little bit faster at times. They won't always be, uh, you know, they're not going to go as fast as Tulsa. We know that. And it's not going to be something that is like, whoa, who's this? Who's this or- Oregon team running at NASCAR pace? I think it'll be something that is more uh, they'll use it on different drives here or there to just try to keep Tulsa off balance a little bit. And it's something that used that way can be a weapon. And I'm interested to see if they incorporate more shifting, more motions um, in the pre-snap process because I think that's something that can help simplify the game. And then just little like tags. Like they're called tags, an RPO tag. You got an inside uh, zone where Brian Lewerke is making a read and he's reading the end, and then he pulls it, and then from there he's got a decision to make. Do I stick with this run play, or do I go out to a pass play that is tagged to the end of this play? And it just gives someone like Lewerke, who is a dual-threat playmaker, uh, more options on the back end. And it's not something that Michigan State's done a ton of in the past. It's something that's really started to populate college football a ton the last four or five years. It's even moved into the NFL, which tells you how effective it is. Uh, And I'd like to see Michigan State tag some more of their standard plays with an RPO at the end just to you know, create that extra outlet, make it a little bit tougher on Tulsa to have to defend more of the field for a longer time. And that's really, you know, when it comes down to it, that's something that Michigan State really needs to do better is making it harder on opposing defenses to play defense against them because we've read quotes in the past, we've heard from opposing teammates Opposing coaches have said things, uh, the anonymous coaches, whatever it's called, the anonymous coaches piece that pieces that run in the offseason. You'll see, yeah, Michigan State hasn't really changed things up. You can pop in the tape from five years and you know know how to defend them today. A lot of the same concepts, going about it the same way, and add, just you know adding a little wrinkle like an RPO tag to something is just a way to differentiate and make life more difficult. Make the defense have to think a little bit more than they've had to perhaps in years past against Michigan State. All in all, I see this playing out uh, in favor of Michigan State pretty handedly. Uh, there was a moment earlier yesterday where I was like, man, Tulsa's going to freaking make us sweat, aren't they? 
Uh, but I think just with the strength of Michigan State being the run defense, being the front seven, and the strength of Tulsa on offense being the run game, uh, the running back specifically, and then not really having an offensive line that appears to be ready to go at this point, I think Michigan State's going to have their way with Tulsa on that side of the ball. If Tulsa can hit some big plays, you know, maybe we've got some intrigue. Maybe they're able to creep towards the 20s, and maybe they can keep this a close game going into the fourth quarter. I don't see it playing out that way. I think it's more likely they end up around 10 points, 13 points, uh, and really have a tough time sustaining offense. And I think Michigan State is going to struggle at times on offense, but be able to make enough plays, sustain enough drives, just have enough talent to uh, put together a performance where they can score 28 points, 31 points, 35 points, somewhere in that range, 28 to 35, and come away with a comfortable victory, you know, a margin of 18 to 22, somewhere in there, to have a chance to hit the spread, the spread sitting around 22, 23, depending on where you're looking at it. And that's what, you know, SP Plus that I've uh, talked about a lot uh, has Michigan State winning by 22. So that's kind of where I'm falling in in terms of assessing this game. I think Tulsa can get to something like 13 and Michigan State can get to 35. So 35-13, somewhere in that range, final score with, you know, hopefully uh, the result never being in doubt. Uh, Hopefully it's not 21 to 13 going into the fourth quarter. Michigan State scores two touchdowns to kind of put the game away. Uh, hopefully they can get up early, make Tulsa have to throw the ball, put them in a position where Michigan State can just flat out win uh, on every single play. And, you know, Tulsa's in for a long night and we can enjoy uh, a comfortable first night of the 2019 football season. And hopefully you get enough positive indicators. From the offense, the line looks all right. Lewerke looks back to himself. They're making some plays in the passing game. A running back looks, you know, Hayward looks like he's taken a step. Jefferson looks like he's taken a step. Taking a step, taken a step, taken a step. Uh, maybe Eli Collins gets some run and, and is a revelation and looks to be the guy, you know, someone stands out at running back. Anthony Williams Jr. makes some plays. There's just enough positive indicators like, okay, we got something to work with. We take this into Western Uh, You do the same thing to Western Michigan, and then you move into conference season with a little bit of confidence, and all is right in the world, and you're getting ready to compete for the Big Ten title. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening this week. Uh, Listenership has been great. You guys are getting fired up for football, and I really enjoy it. We will be back Monday with a full recap of everything that happened in this game. Everything important, not important. We'll talk about the result. Talk about the things that went well, things that didn't go so well, and everything in between. So looking forward to that. Football season is back. Enjoy it. If you're out tailgating at Michigan State, enjoy that. Have fun at the game. Be loud. Um, If you're at home, don't upset whoever you're watching the game with. Don't yell. (laughs) Actually, Do what you want. I don't care. Have fun. Enjoy the game uh, and be happy. Michigan State football is back in our lives for another few months here. So We'll be back Monday with more Locked on Spartans. We will see you then.